Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Granite Monolith Bigfoot podcast, where we dive deep into discoveries about wild animals in the wood. Not really. How you doing there, Josh? What's up, man? How's it going? What are you drinking, man? I'm drinking Mio. It's a little bit of it's like a caffeine squirt thing into water. Caffeine it's just, squirt. It, is that what it, happens if you actually drink too much coffee? I it is. That, it yeah. is. And I save it. And here it is right there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about beating yourself up over food and how that actually doesn't work. Um, yeah, it really guilt, doesn't. Guilt, man. Guilt. I'm talking about yeah. guilt. Uh, thing is, if that did work, then everyone would be the way they would want to look. And I just want to say, everyone listening, you're fine the way you are, okay? Just, we'll just start with that. As you look at magazines, social media, everything, it's these guilt trips that we really, we can fall into. And it's, it's good marketing. I mean, you know, if yeah. you want to sell a lot of stuff and supplements, that's the way to go. It's not the only way to go, but I mean, you do see this a whole lot. But thing is, again, we're going to be talking, or mainly you, just basically talking about the concept of beating yourself up over ways of eating that. I, will, I don't want to say that you shouldn't be doing that. Maybe there's something that you're doing where you feel bad about it. Without yeah. further ado, let's get into this topic because there's a lot to talk about here. And so uh, let's do it, man. Do it. Yeah. So kind of like you said, man, there is a lot of marketing out there and there is a lot of, there are a lot of trainers that, that essentially preach like you should feel bad and you should beat yourself up and you're bad if you don't look the way that they think you should look and bad foods and good foods. I think a lot of, I was, <laughs> I was just looking at statistics on weight loss and dieting and the number of people in the world <laughs> that tried to lose weight last year was 44%. And women in, in the United world, States. Of everyone that they looked at, 44% yeah. of people were looking at dieting. Wow. Yeah. And they looked at North America, Europe, North America, Europe, and Asia. And it was different in different places and things like that. The highest, yes. is, the highest is actually women in the United States. 56% of women last year tried to lose weight. Like more than one out of every two. And then with guys in the United States, it was, it was like 47%. A lot yeah. of people are trying to lose weight. And there's, we get a lot of marketing messages and a lot of stuff that we may have heard from like mm -hmm. their trainers or whatever. Sure, it's sure. all kind of like, if you haven't lost, if, if you aren't a certain body type, you should feel bad. And, and shows like The Biggest Loser, are you feeling terrible is the way to get there. Like that's your motivation. And, and it absolutely doesn't work and it's kind of destructive and it hurts people's well-being. And I should, okay, so I shouldn't say that it doesn't work because if we're going to be really clear, shame doesn't work. Shame makes people, shuts down motivation entirely. Shame completely destroys motivation. Guilt is a very fleeting form of motivation, right? It can work in for a very short amount of time. And, and so I don't want to say that it doesn't work. Like I felt guilty and I started yeah. and it could get you started, but it's not going to get you, it's not where you want to go. Yeah. yeah. It's not enough um, unless you are on the biggest loser and someone can guilt you constantly 12 hours a day. And I have a friend who was on the biggest loser and that was not healthy. I was just saying, <laughs> I mean, not mentally, miserable. I mean, looking yeah, at it's not good. down the road too, I'm assuming that 
we're just looking at trauma then basically is, is what's going on. Right. And so yeah. a whole other topic there, but my goodness gracious, yeah. I will R- say I've never watched body. that show. Oh really? Yeah. Just because it's a train I know. Wreck. Well, what, it's, a train wreck? Is, it I, is it going? I don't even know if it's going. I, I just, know. every time someone bring it up, I just, the emotions I had about that because I was like, this cannot be good. This cannot be good. It just, I just yeah. couldn't. Yeah. Anyway. Fingernails on chalkboard. Yes. Um, but that's just an example. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, we've had plenty of clients that got that same thing from their parents, right? <laughs> yeah. Or that got that in P class or got yeah. that in, you know what I mean? It's not even, it's just a lot of people have seen that and know mm-hmm. that. And, and so that's one of those things, right? Yeah, that's just bad for business. What I want people to know about that, though, is that if they have that thing where they've, I've had so many clients, dude, where they get on the scale every week or for their decades, they get on the scale every week and, and then beat themselves up about it, right? And, uh, and it's, what I want people to know is that the thoughts that they've had for years and years about that, if that's where they're coming from, those thoughts they've had about their body and the way that they've beaten themselves up about it isn't going to go away. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you can turn down the volume a, a little bit, but I'm not talking about taking a lifetime of beating yourself up about food and saying, stop doing that next week. It's more a matter of realizing, hey, me feeding that is unworkable and me dwelling on it and spinning it over and over again. Really just want people to notice and and come back to another way um, sure and so, yeah no and that sounds good moving that way looking at kind of some things that we can do in order to not expect that we can shut that off overnight with certain things that we've been thinking about and dealing with for many years you're not going to be able to just change it overnight it's a process And as you say, bringing awareness back to the simple fact that, oh, I am maybe thinking this way right now. And just understanding that you won't be able to change it right away. But by bringing awareness to it, that awareness is then going to allow you to focus on the things that you need to do in order to start making that change, right? Like If if you can just notice, it doesn't have to run you. Yeah. So let's kind of talk a little bit then about, for example, once we are aware of this, then we need to be motivated in order to be able to move forward and make those lasting changes. We talk a little bit about the motivational side of things. And I know that depending on your camp, there are people who say you have to be super motivated and motivation is the only thing that's going to get you going. Or for example, you have those other people who say, no, it's not motivation. It's just simply about building habits. I know that we're in the camp where it's a mixture of both. Yeah. 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 So this is where it gets kind of dicey because there's, there's motivation regulation, which is just how you manage to do a thing. And then there's this feeling that people call motivation. And I love that feeling called motivation. It's really cool. And, and it cannot be relied on. <laughs> it can't be the only thing that, get, that gets us there. In fact, like we have an eating skills program at week three and week six, like, Hey, Did all of your motivation go away? That's normal. (laughs) Things are less exciting at week three and week six. And and so it is one of those things where we should expect it to cycle. Absolutely. This is something, sorry to hijack the topic here real quick, but very similar to the apprenticeship. And now if you ever want to be a GME trainer, you go through the apprenticeship. And we talk about this on the onboarding. So the very first call and the meeting that we have 
with the candidates, I bring that up and I say, listen, this is a four month process. And I said, the first month you're going to be like, oh, this is awesome. This is so cool. By the time you get into kind of the second module towards the end of the second module, that's going to start to wane. The honeymoon period is over. What do you got then? And we make sure, and I make sure that I let them know that is going to happen. It is natural. You're okay. Okay. And this is what we're going to do about it. And yeah, we set them up that way to make sure that they understand. So yeah, it's very similar to what you're saying. Which is huge though, because not everyone knows. There is, there, there is a myth in certain fitness circles and the, that feeling is supposed to last. And man, that's setting you up to oh, yeah. like, for it's, a crash. Absolutely. Absolutely. But okay, yeah. so talking about motivation, okay, let's talk about, yeah. you know. How to do things. Jump right into yeah. it. How to do things. And I'll just shoot <laughs> it right out there. Four levels of motivation. Let's get into that. Yeah. Let's talk about that. If you want to get really nerdy, it, this is from self-determination theory. Do it. <laughs> and, um, and if you look at if you look at the science of motivation there's kind of four levels there's actually six but one of them is not motivated and one of them is things that you do purely for joy and and that's and so those kind of don't come into this conversation so the first level everyone's heard of reward and punishment and everyone everyone knows that not a very good motivator i mean it does so this is we're going to get to guilt, but it's absolutely a way to regulate motivation. It totally works in a very short amount of time. And it's one of those things where if that's going to be the way you get yourself to do things, the fear of punishment or the immediacy of reward needs to be all the time, right? That's, all, that's the only thing I use with my kids. That's it. That's <laughs> I just, just the stick. But not the really. Stick and yes. carrot. <laughs> <laughs> So that's not awesome, right? Next level, again, it works. It's just short. And it's also not great for your well-being, right? It isn't a super fun way to motivate yourself. It isn't super healthy. It isn't great for a relationship to your body. So next level, second level would be, and these are still considered external ways of motivating yourself. The next one would be either guilt or contingent self-esteem. I feel bad about myself if I don't do it. Or I feel good about myself because I did it. And again, a lot of people look at doing certain fitness things as a way to prop up their self-esteem. Like I did it. I'm a good person. I ate clean. I ate good. And again, it's, I mean, that's a little sketchy. You're putting a lot of the way you feel yourself about yourself in the last plate of food you had. <laughs> right? <laughs> um and, um, and so that's, again, it works, but it's just not super healthy and not, not very long lasting. Quickly, let me ask if it's yeah. okay, because you've worked with so many people and you're so well read. And what would you say you find that most people use of these? And I know we haven't gotten to the other levels of motivation, but yeah, I just, would assume that the first two reward punishment guilt in terms of contingent self-esteem would be some of the things that people would tend to mainly and i hate to say this way but all back on in order to again try and move forward would you say that these would be the main places where people tend to live yeah i think i think i mean i know maybe it's there's no 
data or anything on that? It's a, it's a great question. I was trying to figure out how to say it. So reward and punishment actually works so poorly that you don't see it as much as you would think in nutrition changes. If someone's like, oh, if I'm good, then I'm going to reward myself with that. It just doesn't show up because it almost doesn't work at all. And then the guilt and contingent self-esteem, I would say, is where most people live in relationship to eating and fitness. And it's very much around, I feel good if I did this. I feel bad if I feel guilty if I did that. And also, if I hit this goal, then I'm going to feel good about myself. And if I don't hit this goal, then I'm going to feel bad about myself. Yeah. It's kind of the yeah. same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where I would say. And it makes sense ev- too. Everyone. I mean, and again, sorry to interrupt there, but I mean, yeah. seeing the same thing when in terms of exercise, people looking at skills, yeah. just something personally, that was a huge part of my life. And obviously now very different, maybe smarter to the fact maybe i don't know what it is but it's just seeing that a lot of people especially younger guys looking at skills as a way to prove themselves we all do it of course you know and yeah just really interesting and i was just curious as to those two jump into the next one so so the the third one and here's where it starts to get more intrinsic is goals related to values and, and you got to be really kind of clear about this because if it is a goal related to proving yourself or looking cool for other people or like, that's all external, that's back to tinged self-esteem, right? So people are like, oh yeah, goals. And again, I know a lot of people have hit a lot of goals based on contingent self-esteem. It works. It's just not fun. It's not healthy. It doesn't work for everyone. Goals related to values are like, here's the kind of person that I want to be. And I think this goal is a game to play inside of going in the direction of the kind of person I want to be. That's way more intrinsic, way healthier, way more effective, way more robust. And it's one of those things where it's interesting because even, so here's the thing. If you put someone in an environment where their autonomy is supported and they feel related to their teammates and related to their coach or their friends that they're working out with and they feel like they're making progress they feel competent they'll actually move up the they'll actually move up the scale on their own and they'll still talk about goals related to contingent self-esteem but they'll also have these goals related to the kind of person they want to be and it can be the same goal and they'll pull from both and that's actually fine it's again getting back to realism and I don't expect people to like never have these thoughts again. It's not about never pulling from an external goal or like never wanting to look cool on Instagram. Or It's not about never doing that. It's about also pulling from these other things related to the character strengths you want to embody and the kind of person you want to be. Yeah, very cool stuff here and very deep, obviously. And I think... And I know for a fact that a lot of people actually struggle with this because they haven't taken the time to sit down and properly give thought to what their own personal values are. And this is something that I love about eating skills and the way that you coach in that you're not just doing a diet. It's not a diet. It's yes, you can get abs if you want six pack abs or if you want a particular skill. Yes, of course. But it's a byproduct of looking deeper and and really figuring out truly what you want. For example, and 
to say, okay, great. Once you get those six pack abs, then what? What is <laughs> what is the thing? It's, I like that's how I look at things right now too. As well as I can help you to get the handstand, but then <laughs> what? And I'm not talking about oh, then I want a one arm handstand stuff. Not even that. Really, well, why that, that's that's the thing, you know? right? It, that's the, that's what people do. Thing. That's right. Yeah, it's a never ending process, and you bring up Instagram and. I mean, you know, my thoughts on social media. I mean, I would prefer never to be on there, but I kind of have an internet company. And so I do put things up there. And this is something, again, that I've struggled over the years with is, okay, do I just put something up there? Sorry, this is getting a little personal, but do I just okay. put something in there to show off? And it, I've always thought, okay, is that a good representation of myself? That's actually, you know, yeah. it's a tough one. And coming back to this and looking at the goals related to values and that's why I'm very happy that we had the opportunity to create GMB where it's about what is it for you? It's not about me. Yes. It's not about me doing a one-arm handstand saying you got to get the one-arm handstand or you got to get the front lever, planche push-ups and things like this because those are the things you have to have. No. What is it for you? Similarly with the eating skills, what yeah. is this for you in terms of what you value? So yes, number three goals related to values. Very cool stuff, very deep. Let's go into number four. What's number four? Number four, the most intrinsic of the <laughs> ones we're talking about is uh, just your values, right? Not even related to a goal, but you're doing a thing just because it expresses the kind of person you wanna be, right? And sometimes values seem kind of like a big thing. Sometimes it's easier to think about just like character strengths. Are you the kind of person, like, do you wanna be conscientious, connected, yeah. or self-aware, yeah. or like mm -hmm. kind of down-to-earth things that you can actually make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis. That it makes yeah. it easier for not just for people to grasp, but actually to live uh, yeah. on a day-to-day -day basis. Like you said, that's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like if someone was like an emergency room doctor, they don't need to set a goal for how many people they want to save. <laughs> oh God. They yeah. just go in and they yeah. care about helping people and they just right. go in and help people. Right. That's very cool. Yeah. And so that's kind of what we're getting at here. And so quick recap, lowest level, most external would be reward and punishment. Next, a little bit better would be guilt or contingent self-esteem. Next would be goals related to values. And then the last would be just like values, like the kind of character of strengths that you want to embody and, and literally just acting from that. And to go back to what you said before, or maybe I said it before, <laughs> but, but just the thing is, it's actually normal to pull from different things at different times. It's okay to pull from two at the same time. When they look at well-being and the way they look at like your relationship to your body and your relationship to food, and it's not about never having any of the things on the external side. It's can we have some stuff on the internal side and can we start to pull from that? And you mentioned like the eating skills program. The values conversation is something that we talk about over 20 weeks. So I just want people to get that if you're like, I don't know what that is, or I don't know how to apply, take a minute. And we've talked about this on other podcasts, take some time and journal about it and like Google a values list and pick some and journal different ways it could look in your life and realize that if you start practicing, trying to, you're like, Hey, I'm working on plating balanced meals or starting when I'm full or whatever you're practicing. When you start working on your practice from your values, you'll learn more about your values in your life practicing 
and like, making decisions with them, then you will just journaling and journaling and journaling. So, so expect to do some journaling and get kind of an idea and then practice and then get better ideas. So good. I got to throw this in there. I was just talking about this the other day and it's totally relevant. In Japan, they've got a thing called paper driver. And <laughs> so it's really expensive to get your driver's license in Japan. The process is crazy. Anyway, there are a lot of people who are only paper drivers. And at first I was like, what the heck are you talking about? But basically what it is, you go to the driving school and you learn all the theories and you study the books and you take these written tests. And the very end, you get behind the wheel and go through a special course that's created at this school that's contained. And <laughs> while you do have to go out into real traffic, it's very, I wouldn't say rare, but it doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Person who actually gets their piece of paper, their certificate, yeah. Has no practical experience. They just call him paper driver. So just what you're talking about is yeah. you might have that license, but the only way to know and to get better with anything is to actually go out and do it. And just this morning I was reading in this daily stoic, which I read every morning was talking about how theories are great, but real life is actually different. And the yeah. only way to actually understand if you, or to know if you understand a theory or something that you studies is actually to put that into practice and test it in real life. And just what you're talking about right now and really learning more about anything means actually doing the thing that you're trying to learn. Wonderful. Yeah. Sorry. I talked a whole lot there. So much good stuff. No, 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 that, that, that was a perfect, that was a perfect example, right? <laughs> the paper drive. Yeah. You could totally journal about your values forever. And if you never actually started using them in your decision-making process on a day-to-day -day basis, you're a paper values driver. A paper values <laughs> driver. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so basically that's what it comes down to. And what are your values? Put those into practice. Yeah. You're going to get the results. And yeah. yeah, that's pretty much the entire podcast, right? Because whoever, yeah. whoever practices the most wins. Yeah, no, that's and, great. And is, like, yes, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People like beat it. themselves up end up practicing less than people that look at the kind of person they want to be and start doing that. Cause you want to be the kind of, Oh, so here's another thing, right? Say someone hops on a scale, right? I've had clients with really intense goals and really rigid goals and they hop on the scale at the end of the week and it's worse than they thought it would be. They wanted to lose two pounds or whatever they were told by that they were supposed to lose and they lost a half pound. And so they're bummed and they practice less. I've had clients that wanted to lose a pound and they lost two pounds. They're like, I'm ahead. So they practice less, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean, see that, get that less because I actually don't ask people about, I don't have people, but back in the day when I used to weigh people in and, and I didn't realize that I actually had people practice less. That was one of those things where it, again, that like rigidity to hitting this external goal and then beating themselves up about it just led to less practice versus if you're clear about the kind of person you want to be, you want to be the kind of person you want to be, whether things are going well or whether they're going poorly. People don't stop wanting to be a good parent because they had a bad day. People don't. So that's just like another way of looking at why pulling from intrinsic motivation is so much more robust, that's right? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Be the person that your dog thinks you are. <laughs> anyway, exactly. okay, bonus tip. 
Give us a bonus, bonus tip, tip and we'll wrap things up here. Uh, now I'm like, I've already done this one. This one's so good. It's worth doing twice if I've even done it before. Sleep's a big deal, right? The more you sleep, easier it is to make good decisions. You're more emotionally resilient. You're less likely to emotionally eat. Every single thing you practice with eating skills is easier if you get more sleep. You can't actually control how much you sleep, but you can control when you get to bed, right? Just setting a time for when you're going to turn off your screens and hop into bed is, the, it is so effective. It is so silly simple and so completely effective. Try it out, blow your mind. So good. I actually, my phone is set so that I can't use it past 8 p.m. Unless I get, oh, yeah? yeah, unless I get Does an emergency phone call. Yeah. And then, uh, that's awesome. yeah, that's how I do it. Thank you so much for talking about this, man. If any of you have any questions, feel free to send us those questions because we'd love to ask. And also be sure to check out the Facebook group. Ask your questions there. These questions are taken from the Facebook group. I would love to hear your feedback over there. And again, thanks for listening. Until then, laters. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. See ya.